Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode of The Wrong Theater here on the 610 Podcast Network. This is your host, Stephen O'Malley, joined alongside by Billy Bruno and Aiden LaCorey and Branson LaCorey today to have our second annual Joe Bomb Awards here on The Wrong Theater. Now, it used to be on, the, on Radio 1851. We have since departed that network, and now this is the first annual Joe Bombs on the 610 podcast network but this is the second annual joe bombs in in total um joe bomb is not on the show today but the the award in his name still goes on but branson will be our host uh he will be announcing the categories the nominees and eventually the winners now to describe the process a little bit basically billy aiden and i uh discuss the the nominees we put up a few nominees for each category uh, the categories are, are pretty normal. There's a few quirky ones in there that will be discussed when the moment is proper. Um, but, you know, we, we did it. We, we voted. It was somewhere unanimous, somewhere two to one. And if they were two to one, they went to a separate polling group in which the minority um, choice had to win 66% uh, of the vote. In a couple cases that that occurred, but we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Long story short, most of the choices we we discussed on our own and came up with uh, the winner on our own. But in those cases, we went to a separate polling group, sort of a runoff, you know, kind of just keeping it with the current times. We had a little runoff uh, with a separate group of people. But I'm going to hand it over to to uh, our our true host, uh, Branson Lacory, making his his true pod debut. Okay, hello. So, our first category is Best TV Season. The nominees for Best TV Season are Better Call Saul, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Boys, The Crown, The Flight Attendant, The Mandalorian, and Watchmen. We would like to note that The Watchmen has been disqualified due to the fact that it ran in 2019 and a certain idiot nominated it. With that being said, the winner of Best TV Season is The Mandalorian. Yeah, not my finest moment nominating a 2019 show for the the uh, the 2020 slate. Yeah, you get the biggest idiot award for so, the Joe Bombs this year because that was so dumb. I didn't know that either because I didn't watch it. Yeah, but then... I didn't. I didn't give it a second look because it was just on my watch list. I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch it at a later date. I'm not gonna be able to get to it before we do the Joe Bombs. And then I go on the, the poll and uh, everyone's like, oh, Watchmen's great, but it's 2019. And I'm like, there's no way that he put it up there and it's 2019. I look and it said 2019. I was like, wow. And funny enough, I just watched the first episode of, this, of, of the Watchmen before we did this just because I was like, you know what? Let me watch the Watchmen in, in, in hopes uh, that it's any good, you know, right before we start the Joe Bombs. But then I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good episode uh, for a 2019 show. Um. I was saying I watched it over the summer and I I just thought it was 2020. I, I don't know why it was 2019. It's been disqualified. Um, it was interesting and we'll kind of talk about it. This was last year's Joe Bombs. Definitely, I think we've improved our the process of running it. There was I'm actually there's really no category this where I think I, I really disagreed with. I think all all the categories were well deserving. I even sums that well, I didn't vote for it. I agree. I mean, The Mandalorian was a special show. It it was great. Um, they hit it, especially with the Boba, the Soka appearances. We've talked about it. Um, 
a, a job well done by everyone at Lucasfilm and Disney. So absolutely deserving of best TV season. The most Everything watched else show movies. of the year too. Yeah, first that's why, nine, that's why I think when it went to you know the vote because this is one of the ones that went to uh, the runoff and like this was a show that probably everyone in the in the polling group had seen just because just by just basic math like they had 186 million viewers i'm pretty sure all the people in this movie loving you know fan group had had watched a, a show like this that ties in uh to a cinematic universe so i i did expect this to win especially when it went to uh, the the runoff, but yeah, as you said, Aiden, just well done, start to finish, Mandalorian. I actually did not expect it to win. I thought that was something that they might look down on just because it's in a big franchise, and some of them seem to do that, but The Mandalorian is different than a lot of the Star Wars we've seen yeah. recently, obviously, so that's why they probably liked it. But I have to say, I think that's the only season of a show that, out of the nominees that we all saw. Am I correct with that? Yeah. Yeah. I had seen three of them. I was not considering The Mandalorian as the best out of those three. That was clearly number three for me. Very, very good. But when I was making my choice for my pick, I was between Better Call Saul and Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was not even considering The Mandalorian. And I went back and forth between those two a bunch of times. It was a really tough decision. Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't voting for Watchmen, which kind of started this whole brouhaha probably would have voted for Mando. I was between Curb and Mando, and I just felt, you know, Curb Season 10 was good, but, you know, and it had a really good storyline, even though some seasons don't, but I just felt Mando stuck out more than, than Curb did. I kind of feel bad about not picking Better Call Saul because I do think it had one of the strongest endings of a season or, like, second half of the seasons that I've ever seen in a TV show, but there was a couple times in the beginning where it just kind of lagged. More so, like, Mando, obviously, the second episode of this season wasn't good, and, but I thought Better Call Saul, there was, like, two or three boring episodes in the beginning of the season, and Curb was just steady throughout the whole time, so that's why I went with Curb, but, I mean, Mando was fantastic. I thought it was better than season one overall, so very deserving, and it got a Emmy nominee for Best Drama for the first season, so I think another one's coming. Yeah, I mean, the point about, like, the great second half of the season, I mean, I think you can make the same point for Mando. Kind of from that Ahsoka episode on, it really, it really didn't miss. Like, it just kept on ratcheting up, and the only thing that was buried in there that wasn't ratcheted up was the Bill Burr episode, which was a little more dramatic and, like, a real-world problem, which is kind of interesting to see. So, yeah, Mando, well-deserving. A lot of good nominees, actually. This is the category I think was actually the deepest, even though there's some that Never maybe got actual consideration for the winner, but I know the boys, the flight attendant, little less known shows, one's flight attendant on Max, boys on Prime, both really good. Um, one's kind of like a murder mystery. Um, the other is a, a, an R-rated spin on the superhero universe. Obviously, The Crown's critically acclaimed. Just a lot of really good shows, I think, were in this category this year, but Mandalorian. Uh, so- I might actually start... I like I like historical dramas, and I know The Crown is you know loosely based on the information they had at like available to to start the show. But I, I think I'm going to watch The Crown because I love historical timepieces like that, and I I have no context as to how it even starts. 
I just know this season had Diana, Lady Diana, so that was like big for everyone. Other than that, I'm pretty in the dark. Or by far and away the greatest castings like ever in terms of looking exactly like Hopefully, yeah like the i mean this year like the lady in season four and i've seen margaret the margaret thatcher yeah. casting is like scary the person who plays lady diana the actress like spot on like it is it, absurd how i did it. see that she's like a she's like a fourth cousin yeah like, like the, the and her mom it's interesting that actor said like they're like her mom would always get mistaken for lady diana it's crazy great show highly recommend um Branson, take us away to our next category. The next category is Biggest Disappointment. The nominees are Bill and Ted Face the Music, Borat 2, Capone, Tenet, and Wonder Woman 1984. And the Joe Bond goes to Borat 2. Yeah. This was an easy one for me just because I had such high expectations. I know. So, this one's so good. I originally was like, oh, I saw, I voted like right after I saw Wonder Woman 84. So I just clicked it, but I was like, no, Borat 2 was such a big disappointment because of how superior the, the first one was. And that the whole, the whole problem was like, you know, you had this build up that they were going to go into basically two hours of you know, political rampage and just being hilarious in that sense. And they kind of divulged off like 45 minutes to a, to a subplot that was just brutal. Yeah, I think that was the whole point. And it's kind of, it was kind of the same with Impractical Jokers, the movie this year, where we're coming for like the pranks and like the messing with real people. We're not coming here for like an actual like character right. arc in a narrative. And Borat 2 started off really hot. They had a really good start. Um, but once they started again i think we all pinpointed like the exact scene like 40 minutes in when they decided to like give both of them a character arc and like a plot and it, it kind of wore off i mean i think there was also some also some hyped up moments where like it just wasn't anything special but borat 2 probably also comes to the most uh clueless movie watching moment of the year that that billy didn't recognize that borat started COVID. Yeah, I did not pick up on that. I was just checked out at that point. I must have been. That was a funny retcon for the movie, like, at the end. Like, that was a nice nice closing. If they had spent the full two hours messing around with people during the COVID, like, actually messing around with – like, I know he went to, you know, a couple of the rallies. That it, was, it was funny, but it wasn't that funny. Like, it wasn't overwhelmingly as funny as the first one where he messes with, you know, that group of people. But, like, Wonder Woman 84, like – Coming from DC, you don't expect much. Like you're not you're not expecting to be your socks to be knocked off. But like Sasha Baron Cohen doing a role like this, you're like, okay, this is supposed this is supposed to be really 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 funny. Like so that's where I was like, oh, duh. Like clearly, I I shouldn't have picked. One. I remember you talked about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't mean to pick one or one eighty four. Like I I totally totally meant to pick Borat. Like you're expecting more. I think it's true, especially with the two. So, like, Wonder Woman and Compone were two nominees that I don't think had as great chances because it's also, I think, I factored in with this, like, the Rotten Tomato score and critics' reaction. And, like, with Borat 2 and Mill and Ted Face the Music, which are my top two, like, those were movies that were getting, like, some critical acclaim, high ratings, like, specifically Borat. Like, people loved it. People are still... I remember, Oscar. what did Seth Rogen say? Didn't Seth Rogen say it was like the best comedy movie he's ever seen or something like yeah. that? There were numerous comedians yeah. saying stuff like that. It was unbelievable. So that's when I was like, all right, this is going to be really good. Like, this is going to be awesome. And it just was, it was brutal. That, that's For brutal. me, 
the biggest disappointment wasn't just the prestige of the first film. It was the context that they had to work with um, for this they kind one. Of, they kind of blundered we it. thought we were getting. And the yeah. whole subplot was just completely a waste to me. And like, with Bill so... Ted Face the music, I think, the, I don't know why the critics liked it because the trailer looked awful. I thought it was going to stink. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's actually good because it's getting such great reviews. And it clearly wasn't. With with Borat, like when when they push the envelope, like to with some of their scenes, like it's it's really funny, like you know, in a particular scene. But like they pushed the envelope of the subplot with the daughter, and it wasn't funny. Like it was like it got it kind of got to the point where you're like, all right, stop making fun of this. Like please move on. Like that's the thing with Borat. Like it, the 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 strategy itself didn't get old of pushing the envelope, but like. The idea that they actually basically it was like an hour long gag almost like an hour long running joke with the with the daughter and Borat like it wasn't funny after they pushed the envelope for the first thirty minutes like it just got old really quick and that's when people I know we did that's when we really just like checked out because we were like all right this is not going to be as good as the first one completely agree I mean I remember this that was the biggest movie of the year and I mean. You don't have the leaving theaters disappointed, but that was kind of the same feeling. Leaving Steve your house, and it was kind of like, dang. It's like ah, yeah, that was supposed clearly that clearly wasn't good. Like that's that was the consensus of the room. It just yeah. clearly wasn't good. Um, Branson, next category, take us away. Next category is biggest surprise. The nominees are Anola Holmes, Hubie Halloween, Palm Springs, and The Way Back, and the winner is Hubie Halloween. Hubie Tyler getting a Joe bomb. Is this getting... for the second year in a row? Yeah, yeah. I, I finagled his uncut gems Joe bomb. I, I would year. say, uh, compared to last year, I was saying last year's voting process was if we had like a split vote, Joey just chose one of them and he didn't watch any of them. At least now we have like an official process with it's potentially a reason why Joey is not uh here today because of his actions that transpired last year we may or may not know the the true reason but that that's definitely important but we got an upgrade anyway yeah we got an upgrade at our host we got an upgrade for our voting procedures um i mean this is not a fraudulent uh, voting election like this was as clean as a, as a whistle like this process that. last year last year there was there was a little bit of funkiness going on i will not i will not deny it it sounds it sounds silly to give hubie a Joe bump, but when you actually look at it, usually when you think of biggest surprise, you think of a movie that you weren't expecting much from, and it turns out to be like a really good movie. Like Steve, I know you specifically. That's kind of the way back for me. Like I wasn't really expecting much. It turned out to be actually a pretty good. I liked it. Pretty pretty good movie, but Hubie was an average movie. But compared to what people expected going in, which was genuinely one of the worst movies ever. The consensus was this was going to be the worst thing we've ever seen. And I was fully prepared. I was giving it like a one. It. Yeah. For scoring, I thought it was going to be literally the worst movie of all time. So, an average movie out of that, by far and away the biggest surprise. It was a fun watch. I liked it. The the mom shirts were like one of some of the best jokes, like running little gags in 2020 20 movies for me. Like I, I genuinely mean that. I, I was expecting 
an hour and a half to two hours of the Sandler baby voice. Like I was like, okay, we're going to get this and it's going to be brutal and we're going to be upset because it's just going to be like, why did he do this to us? And then they kind of had a nice little plot going. Like I was like, who's doing it the whole, the whole time. I just kept saying like, who's doing it? Like Sandler's not giving it away. And then you have the awesome uh, little, little shack cameo. And it's just, it was good because it wasn't bad. That's why it was good. It was very surprising so I, because it was average. So obviously that's why it was the big, biggest surprise. But I still don't understand why the voice was necessary. I don't, it wasn't. I don't think it was. He yeah. just felt like doing it for some reason. It's just, that's where Sandler's like, okay, Adam, like, you know, you're, you're 50. Let's, let's grow up a little bit. But the fact that it wasn't the worst movie ever makes it, the biggest shock to me because he promised it. He promised me that he'd make the worst movie ever and it hasn't been made yet. It's coming. But it wasn't referring, he wasn't referring to this anyway because that was if he didn't get nominated for an Oscar and this was already in development or right. filming beforehand. Maybe his basketball movie that's going to be serious with Queen Latifah and LeBron, LeBron is going to be the worst movie ever. Because he's he's intending for it to be, uh, you know, the uncut gem style, very serious, no. very. I was thinking it'd be something where like he beats LeBron in one on one. it's not like I hope be it's not bad. Really gunning to give LeBron a, a worst actor nom for next year's Joe Bums. I mean, I mean, just as a just as a front runner, I mean, you got to think that taking if he has a main role, he's not an actor, so he has to be a, front, a betting favorite. Yeah, but like Kevin Garnett was good in Uncut Gems, and he's not an actor. Kevin Garnett was really good. Yeah, he, that, could, that could be an anomaly. LeBron has showed some comedic and and acting chops. He already has played himself. He was in the and train he's wreck. Himself in Space Jam too. So I don't think there's going to be any issue there. Um, we'll see. Branson, what's our next category? Next category is worst. Actress. The nominee Blue Hunt for her role in New Mutants, Lauren Lapkus for her role in The Wrong Missy, Kiki Lane for her role in Old Guard, and Bridget Lundy Payne for her role in Bill and Ted Face the Music. The joke bomb goes to Blue Hunt. I mean, Billy. Take it away, Billy. I mean, these actresses were all really bad. I mean, Lauren Lapkus, I think they were telling her to do what she did. I don't. So I think she actually probably like acted So I had well thought about it was just an awful We had that character. little discussion. I was like, okay, wait, that makes sense to not nominate her because she did what she was told. Like that was Yeah. Like, so to, she wasn't gonna be my choice. And then the girl from the old guard, she was like mind numbingly bad. Yeah. You could have stuck me in there and I could have acted much better. Than she did like easily. Did you? So she had no... nominated Kiki Lane, right? Yeah. Bad. I mean, that it was just really bad. I don't even know who she was though. And I think you said there's someone from the old guard, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's got to be her. So then, what were the other two? What's the other one besides Blue Hunt? Oh, the girl yeah. from Bill and Ted. Yeah. I mean, she was bad. But that whole movie was really bad. I mean, most of these are from bad movies. But Blue Hunt was just awful to me. And probably one of the reasons why that this movie got delayed for two and a half years was because they realized how bad she was. I mean, most of them were pretty bad. It was just a horrendous movie. 
but Isn't every that, uh... scene, there were so many scenes where it was just her one person. It was like, oh my gosh, get her off my screen. Can't we kill her off or something? Isn't uh, that Anna Taylor Joy in it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought she was really bad too. I just she's now the what's it called? She's the it girl. She is. I keep see, seeing that. But I don't. In, I don't um, see it. She's in Queen's Gambit. And I know. Yeah. A couple other. She's got to be in a couple upcoming movies. She was in. I what thought the she called? was bad in the new mutants. I mean, well, I mean Maisie Williams wasn't really that bad. Um, it was different because it wasn't Arya Stark, but she really wasn't awful. And one of the guys wasn't that bad either the other one was eh, he was okay but i mean i mean that movie was doomed from the everything like the announcement the transfer of disney or fox to disney the fact that it was a fake x-men movie the fact that the legion show basically already covered what they were going to do with this and it just was never this was never set up for success in any way shape or form i don't understand how they thought it was going to create like a new franchise for the x-men or like a new yeah they basically they're trying to teen titans this yeah i mean at one point i think they were going to have uh charles xavier in there just for a cameo that would not really have made any sense much sense yeah um i don't know why disney ended up releasing this distant theaters anyway they should just stash this in the depths of disney plus and no one really would have ever watched it yeah well they wouldn't they made 20 million more dollars than they had so you know what that's a win you you might well. 20 million bucks i hope blue hunt never gets another acting job she doesn't deserve it Jeez. what else should she yeah she's really not in anything yeah i didn't i just looked her up and i i first of all i spelled her name wrong and exactly. then exactly you can't just pull <laughs> some random girl off the street well, well I, they did I, I spelled her name wrong as well yeah I, I put the E at the end, just assuming that it was like the color, but I was wrong. Yeah, go ahead, Branson. We can move on. The next category is Worst Actor. The nominees are Josh Gade and Artem- Artemis Fowl, Harry Melling in Old Guard, Keanu Reeves in Bill and Ted Face the Music, David Spade in The Wrong Missy, and Sal in Impractical Jokers the Movie. And Sal. <laughs> no last name needed. Um, first off, hate to see Keanu in there, but had to be done. Had to I be have, done. A, I don't really think Keanu is that great of an actor, honestly. Oh, no. I wouldn't say he's a great actor, but he's just a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, people he's love him, but. He's an action star. Like, there's some exactly. action stars, like, like how Liam Neeson somehow became an action star, but, like, he's a good actor. Like, Keanu is, like, does, I don't. Keanu has acting chops, but but like, could you argue Keanu was just like playing his role to a T though in that movie? Like, I don't think so because I didn't think there was really that chemistry there that you saw in the first two, and it felt really awkward. Felt lazy in the first two movies. I know they're younger, but it just didn't feel awkward and lazy. I mean. That that movie was terrible. Like, I didn't think. Um, what's the guy who plays Bill's name? Alex something. Yeah. I didn't think he was as bad as Keanu in the movie. I think Keanu got his paycheck and just showed up and did whatever. Yeah, but that doesn't seem like that's Keanu's style. It used to be. I mean, he was a com. He was a comedic guy. 
Yeah, I guess. I can yeah, yeah, Josh Gad, just because people, I, I looked him up after he was nominated. People, I guess, liked his performance in Art and Spell. He was terrible. Um, Harry, Not Josh Gade. <laughs> Harry Melling, terrible. Old guard. Aside from Sean. He was really bad. I didn't even know who he was. And yeah. I saw he was nominated. I looked him up after the movie. I'm like, it's probably this guy. And it was. Yeah, he was pretty bad. And then who won Spade? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Spade's just awful. Because he's a terrible everything. actor. I hate David Spade so much. He has made his career off yeah, of riding Branson, on Adam Sandler's coattails. Branson never announced the winner. No, you you cut him off. Because the, the, I wrote Sal Volcano in the script, and it's funny that he just said, and Sal. Honestly, Sal should not have been the one that was nominated from that movie. It should have been Q. I mean, okay. I mean, we could have just listed all four of them. No, Mer's a good actor. So, Branson, would you like to announce the winner officially? The winner for the worst actor is David Spade. There we go. He said it. You cut him off. I, I, I realized I cut him off because I like how he just said so. Um, yeah, David Probably Spade. the first award he's ever won. Uh, wrong, Missy. I mean, this is a billion Steve. I, this was a movie where I'm like, I've heard from both of them and it's terrible. So, like, why am I going to waste my time watching it just to see how bad it is? Like, Billy said it was one of the worst movies she's ever seen. Same with Steve. Jeff D. Loa Bar still gave it a zero out of 100. So, no surprise that David Spade takes home our worst. David out. Spade, actually on the list, like, is an awful actor. Like, he, like, the other ones were in bad roles. David Spade is continually put on these Netflix movies, and he is a horrendous actor. Like the other ones, there's hope. Like Harry Melling is Dudley from the Harry Potter series. Like he's not a bad actor. He he can do a little bit here and there. But David Spade is genuinely a horrendous actor. I, I do didn't think his role in the Old Guard was that bad. I thought he was just really bad in it. I, ideal career though. He's not a bad guy. Like they even put him as like the big bad. He's yeah. Like, he's like a whiny brat. Like, that's what he looks like. I don't know. He's in. He's also in a couple of. Uh, like he's in a couple of upcoming, like bigger movies. Like he's part of like those big casts, like um the David O. Russell movie. Like he's in that, I believe. Or he's in one. Of, there's a, there's a couple of like untitled movies with like no plot description, that are just like loaded casts. So. David Spade has won a Razzie in his past. But for what? For worst actress. In uh, Jack and Jill. Oh. For when he played someone in drag. Yeah, but ideal career though, David Spade does nothing, isn't good at anything, and makes a bunch of money because he's friends with Adam Sandler. I mean, it must think though. Like in the back of your mind, like even though you have uh, like that, you're just like you're I would think that, you would think that, Billy would think that, but David Spade does not think that. I don't know. Let's see what his net worth is because I think he's got millions of reasons that says why he's fine with his career. He wasn't horrendous on SNL. Like he did earn his start at the beginning million he's worth 60 million dollars and he has no talent did you like yeah. stand up no he was snl then he no, was he in like, sandler movies he has a couple of stand-ups it's not like rob schneider where rob schneider's stand-up's actually funny and rob schneider's is a terrible actor like yeah, david spade david spade stand-up today and i'll let you know but david spade or worst actor uh horrible actor next category branson i think is the uh the big boy for the the negative joe bombs 
The next category is Worst Picture. The nominees are Artemis Fowl, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Capone, The New Mutants, and The Wrong Missy. The winner is The Wrong Missy. I mean, we, we said it. We, we yeah, did just say just, it. It's just an awful movie filled with some of Sandler's buddies and people that he worked for, headlined by David Spade. Although I will say, if we had, if I'd watched this movie before the list was finalized, I would have also nominated We Can Be Heroes. Uh, I would have just taken your word on We Can Be Heroes. I do not think I will be. Yeah, I mean that the like just like the graphics alone. Yeah, yeah. That, terrible. When the trailer is when that, they like purposely look like like Disney Channel original movie graphics. Well, that's that, that's the point. Oh, our, host, our host is off stage, furiously agreeing. He's furiously agreeing. Does he want to add something to this? Would you like to add something to the We Can Be Heroes discussion, Branson? Just looked really bad. Branson, you saw uh, Artemis Fowl as well. You got anything to add on that regard? The plot just did not seem good. I think the book would be better, but it's just a disappointment in the movie. Yeah, no, but book was good. I read that series like in elementary, middle school. I, I never, I never see. Read I read it. the first one. I did not like it. I like that series. Yeah, they movie. also put way too much movie into it, too much money into the movie, and it still sucks. Yeah, that that yeah. movie is a Kenneth Branagh movie, like a big budget, like actual, like meant to be released in theaters. Kenneth Branagh has had a lot of problems lately. His his performance in Tenant was bad. Artemis Fowl was bad. His uh, what's it called? His Agatha Christie adaptations are are, are not ideal. <laughs> like the guy is a Shakespeare guy through and through. But his recent two of the worst movies in the MCU. Yeah, like his recent success, we'll call it, is 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 not not his best. I don't think he's. Yeah, I, I am not a Kenneth Branagh fan at all. Like, I I I definitely liked him because of harry potter and then i was like all right i watched thor and it was by kenneth brown and it was basically shakespeare with thor and loki and then i was like okay everyone else makes better movies than you in the mcu you stink so like and then he was in tenant and had for no reason had the the russian accent so that was just i'm not i'm not a kenneth brown fan yeah as a director and actor not... yeah. sure he's a nice guy yeah I don't know. I don't know. Um, the other movies, I mean, Arnold, Bill and Ted, we kind of all talked about them. I mean, Capone, we talked about all the bad ones. Yeah. I mean, Capone was in Biggest Disappointment, too, because the movie itself, like the idea behind it, like was a good idea and had Tom Hardy behind it. But I mean, Billy, I think you're the only one to watch it and critically just pan. It, it seemed like a great idea. And it's after he gets released from prison because he's getting sick and he's basically almost incoherent but no one wants to see a movie of Capone who can't really say or do anything and just sits there and basically can't control his own bodily functions and that's what's happening for 90 minutes and it's no one wants to see that I mean I don't know why they thought that was a good idea it's that simple I mean just you could have made so many better Capone movies than that that's an interesting time frame that I would like to explore with a movie. I, like, I thought it was interesting, but even, even a fic- even a fictional movie. 
Like, Aiden, we watched uh, over the summer, you, me, and – or no, just – no, yeah, you, me, and Raph watched uh, Public Enemies. Yeah. I liked it. Like, I liked that timeline. Yeah. Like, and that's a true story, but, like, if they did, a, like, a fictional story in that sort of timeline with some good actors, like, that's a story that I, I really could get behind. 1930s, like, gangsters. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing big. Even the 40s and 50s, just when technology is really limited. Like, like the Irishman touched on it a bit. A bit. Early on, but no, I think it wasn't Gangster Squad, that Ryan Gosling movie from 2013. Yeah. They covered that, but that was... Like a, Sean Penn and stuff? Yeah, that wasn't a good, like, well-received movie, so that's it. Like, the way Capone was marketed, like, just to pause, like, oh, it's, like, after Capone leaves jail, like, his final years, like, what did he do? But the way Billy describes it was, like, it didn't really cover that at all. It's just weird. It's him trying to remember where he put, he buried some money because he's just running out of money. He's got a, so many legal fees and all of this, but he's incoherent. Sounds, he's having, he's suffering from memory loss. So sounds like Junior Soprano. Yeah, he doesn't know. It was well with Junior Soprano when that happened. He wasn't the main one of the main no, focuses right. anymore, which is what you should do. He was there, <laughs> and they touched on it a little bit. But imagine Junior Soprano being the main focus of the last oh. season of The Sopranos in oh. that state he was in. Oh, peeing his pants and that, yelling that's what, that's, what, that's oh. what Capone was. Oh, God. And it wasn't just pee. It showed. <laughs> it wasn't just that. Yeah. Numerous times. Not even just once. <laughs> that's brutal. Oh, boy. How'd you sit through it? Yeah, that's a, that seemed like a turnoff like movie like where you just say, I'm out. Yeah. For me to not finish a movie, it has I, to be yeah. insanely, insanely bad. And this wasn't at that point yet. Like, We Can Be Heroes was at that point, but I finished it because Jared Farley recommended it, yeah, and I wanted yeah, to yeah. tell him how bad it was. And, and he could hurt you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said, no, I turned I've turned off Night School, Kevin Hart's movie. That might be the last movie I remember actually turning off and not sitting through. What's I, the... just owe it. I feel like I owe it to finish it, like because you know there could always be some sort of twist or whatever. But I did sit through a decent amount of bad movies. I week. turned off. Uh, what's the? It was a fight movie, but it was like two teachers, Ice Cube and like J- oh, Jake and Johnson. Charlie Day. Charlie, and Charlie Day. Day. I turned it off five minutes in or like twenty minutes this in. Fight. I this fell. Fight. I fell asleep during that movie. I was at one of my uh... friends' house houses, and they finished it, but. I never bothered. I said nope. I never left a movie in theaters. The only one I even considered was, um, what's it called? Ride Along Two is the only movie I even (laughs) considered leaving. But even like, I think we've talked about the show is my movie catalog will never be like incredibly complete. Like actual critics are just huge like movie junkies because like movies that i know are bad and everyone says they're bad i'm not going to take the time out of my day to watch right that's why my rankings are always like my like average score is like a 62 because like it's more so positive so like even for this category like the last couple worst ones there was a couple i watched like billy i'm not billy saying like oh wrong missy sucks like capone's i'm not going to take time out of my day to watch it i was never i wanted to see capone after the trailer and after billy watched it and said it was awful i'm like i'm not Especially because it's not on anything free. I'm not watching it. I turned off this all of 2020. There was a total of two movies. Or no. 2020, there was only one movie that I turned off. And it was Artemis Fowl. We turned off Artemis Fowl because it was that bad. And then 2021, there was this Taika Waititi movie. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
and I turned it off after 30 minutes because it was not good. But that was also January 6th. And I don't think I could just, I wasn't uh, the, the capital like insurrection, all that. So I don't think I was in a movie mood and I was trying to distract myself and it didn't work. So I think that was a combination of factors, but I rarely turn off movies. Like it, I, 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 I'll, I'll persevere, but sometimes I'm just like, nope, nope. And if it's on Netflix and I just say, nope, I'll even remove it from my, uh, my continue watching list. I'm like, I'm done with you. Are bad. It's sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm going to split it in half. So like the new Netflix movie with Anthony Mackie outside the wire that just dropped on Friday old guard-esque just cookie cutter netflix action movie but i'm like no okay i split it up watched a little yesterday i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it today just so i can say i watched it but. i think i noticed a trend of the movies that we stopped watching steve said he stopped watching fist fight aiden almost walked out of ride along too i stopped watching night school that's kevin hart ice cube movies right there <laughs> <laughs> i love ice cube though I was thinking that's though. why I gave it a chance. I, I love Ice Cube. The other day is like Kevin Hart's like total credit. Like he's doing a lot with like his production company, but sadly, kind of like a fall off just with the content. Like in his prime, like from the oh, stand ups like early 2010s into the mid, like Kevin Hart was a stud. And now did, he's did just. Did you see his of, pandemic stand up? Yeah, I watched it. Like it wasn't it was brutal. Bad. No, it was awful. I didn't that, think it was compared bad. To his, compared to his old stuff. It just oh, no, definitely. But. It, that's what that's you to compare it to with comedians. You have to oh, look yeah, yeah. there. It was in that case, it was bad for him. It but was like, really I bad. Total stand up. I like. I I didn't like turn it off at any point. I just kind of like okay. No, like, I watched it, especially when I'm excited an hour. for his new movie though. The one, uh, the man from Toronto is he in that? That's the one he's in. He's doing something in Canada with um, Woody Harrelson. Oh, I love Woody Harrelson. What is it called? It might. Oh, like a serious up. movie or is it a comedy? Because I've kind of given up on his comedies. He was in the the French or the American <laughs> remake of, of cool. the un, the Untouchables. The upside. I don't want to see Kevin Hart in any movie that's not a comedy. Yeah, it's called The Man from Toronto. What's it about? It's starting starring uh, Kevin Hart, Woody Harrelson, and Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, that's cast. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that. It's an action comedy film. All right. I'm with it. What? Kevin Hart. Originally, it was supposed to have um. Oh, what's his name? He's in the Fast and Furious. Jason Statham. Oh. Like and Woody Harrelson uh, <laughs> placed him. Kevin Hart would be funny without playing like the the small another bald guy. Voice. That's my. Uh, yeah, he can, but chooses not to be. Nothing like a the Joe Bomb Award show, and somehow the conversation delves into Kevin Hart. Branson, get us back on track. With the next. Yeah. Well, we're just about to leave the good, the bad, the bad categories, yeah, and, and get into the good categories. When you so, talk but, about bad things, bad things happen. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about good things, good things happen. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Branson. We are now moving to the positive award segment of this show. The next category is best soundtrack with the nominees being Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Tenet, The King of Staten Island, and Wonder Woman 1984. And the winner for best soundtrack is The King of Staten Island. I mean, very simple. It had actual music. Yeah. Kick Cuddy's Pursuit of Happiness kind of locked it up. Um, the thing with Wonder Woman 84 is like, that might be the only reason I kept it on because I enjoy when Hans Zimmer gets me hyped up, even if the movie stinks. Like in, Bat- in Batman vs. Superman, Hans Zimmer's uh, themes for all three 
major superheroes are unbelievable. They're awesome. Like, and you're just like, oh, that's so cool. We like this movie stinks. Same thing with Wonder Woman 84 when she does the, the blocking and he plays the theme. I'm like, that was cool. Why did I have to wait two hours and 15 yeah. minutes to hear it? But it kind of made it worth it that I sat through it because Hans Zimmer gave me a little smile at the end. But that's not a great soundtrack. That was great sound bites by one of the best composers ever who kind of just salvaged parts of that film. Kind of the same thing with, with Tenet. They had hyped up the whole, it was Travis Scott, right? Yeah. So, but then nothing happened in the movie in terms of music. It was more of the sound. So I kind of nixed those two right away. And I was just like, I just watched, I actually had watched the, the rest of the King of the Staten Island, the King of Staten Island. Um, I split that up into two just because it was really long. Um, I liked it, but I liked the soundtrack because they had Pursuit of Happiness and that was an actual song with words. Yeah, yeah I, that song's really good. And they put that on the commercials, which was very enticing to then yeah. go want to watch the movie. You, we kind of combined with best soundtrack, like best score. Like right. the best soundtrack slash score. Um, which is what what we're going to do in the future it just makes it easier unless we pull out a best original song and we just go listen to the actual like the nominees we can do that and then one but there was no original songs this year i didn't even feel that the that even though ma rainey's black bottom was all about music i didn't even feel that the music was like i liked the the two versions they they hold that little part of the story where they split it up like they did the chadwick boseman's version versus the original version like that that was a cool listen but like it didn't wow me like i expected like that's what the music sounded like i know that it sounded like that it was cool to hear actually at the end when they played the real records like that was cool but like the music in a music film didn't didn't wow me so i was like uh, i'm gonna pick yeah. that either honestly when you have a music film like that you should be winning the best soundtrack but they and they it wasn't above and beyond like Rocket Man was last year, or like Bohemian Rhapsody was the well, year before that. With, with Rocket Man, those are some of the best songs. Ever. Right, but they also made new songs for that. Like that one did, best yeah. original song last year. Yeah. Um, and but you have Elton John still writing the lyrics for that and performing with Taron Egerton, so it's obviously a different class. But we haven't had any movie like that for this year. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom should have. It should have been, but close, they didn't. But they didn't. They didn't. Make, they didn't really they, step up to the plate. Right. And honestly, they they'll probably win at the Oscars because the critics are all over that movie. They didn't build on top of any of the music that already existed in that timeline. Like I was expecting the 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 soft blues jazz, you know, strong lead female vocal and and the and the high pitched, you know, almost like stinging trumpet. And, and they did that, but like they didn't build on that. So I was I was expecting more but i kind of just got what i expected if that makes sense like i they, i knew that this music was going to be in the film they didn't build on it at all like it wasn't built upon it was basically just like here's music from 1927 enjoy it like i thought that was a, such a missed opportunity but obviously it, the critics are all over it because of some of the individual performances so it's going to get it's going to get the buzz yeah. from the real academies this was kind of the category for me that was just like all right like sure why not not, I mean, not right the, now, that movie is sitting nice and pretty with a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think up. that is absurd. That is the classic movie for me of boring plot, not much happened, the only reason it got saved by brilliant performances. That's, That's like, yeah, they, it's they the had definition. a few strong individual performances that were... Nothing else. It's like, that was, that a, was it. 
It's I wouldn't be surprised if this is nominated for Best Picture. And it really shouldn't be. It's not even the best. It, like, it wasn't the best. It, it, was, yeah, it was not but good. There were better Netflix movies. The Five Bloods was better. Trial the, Five Bloods was, the Five Bloods was so much better. Exactly, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if this Oh, no, I know. My, I remember my mom was so upset when Chadwick Boseman's character stabbed the piano player. She was like, oh, no way. I was not expecting that. I will give no. you that. I was like, what? Yeah, my mom was so upset. She's like, how could he do that? I'm like, I don't know, Mom. Branson found that funny, apparently. <laughs> And also, I also got to, I mean, that movie escalated for it because I'm sure if you read the play or know the play, you expect it. But I'm like, wait. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know it was a play until after the movie. It's the same guy or lady. I don't know. August Wilson. It's, the, it's what Fence right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. King of Staten Island. I, I'm happy that King of Staten Island gets a Joe Bomb. I, I thought Me too. It was a very solid movie. And that was like one of the. And I love Judd Apatow. That, I would say that was one of the first movies like post like quarantine like the strict quarantine like that was like oh like that's like a movie that they're promoting like it's like the new normal like they're just going to release it on demand so that was exciting next category Branson. next category is best story the nominees are the five bloods palm springs soul sound of metal tenet and the trial of the chicago sevens and the joe bomb goes to soul this was easy for me yeah it, I felt after watching Soul, and so that was before these were released, but or our options were released, but Soul, and I was thinking, like, The Trial of Chicago 7, like, I was thinking story, like, almost like best original story, but, like, The Trial of Chicago 7 is a great topic. It was a great, it was a great performance of a topic, but it wasn't a story for me. Like, and the only thing that kind of came close was The Five Bloods, but the story of Soul, and that's where Pixar always wins, it's what, it's what the stories they create literally out of thin air. Like that was just so unique and unbelievable that I, I for me, it was soul and then 50 feet of crap. Like there was nothing in between. Yeah. It's just like, this was, it was a, I, I want to say I had a hard time processing this category made me think like, okay. Like, Cause Charles Shadow was having a great movie. As you said, the story itself, there was really the story behind it was, it was more like a retelling of an events. Right. And I did. It was a great demonstration of history, but yeah. it wasn't a story. Exactly. And soul's story was great original creative um emotional lock i think this was a unanimous vote by the three of us but the thing was like drew on everything it was emotional it was funny they had some real stakes involved and like you said it's all original i mean the brilliance to bring up something like that out of thin air is just fantastic yeah defy bloods was definitely a unique telling of vietnam era but like the vietnam story itself is not unique in any way yeah like that is so Told, it is told countless times in film from actually year like a couple years after Vietnam ended they did movies on it up until obviously this year with Spike Lee like it has been told over time the story of Vietnam obviously from different perspectives this one was in, an incredibly unique perspective but Soul I mean Pixar just pulls things out of you know left field and the clouds and just, just like look at this and that it's nothing has ever been done like Soul. Yeah, I mean, just looking at briefly at the other nominees, though, I mean, you mentioned The Five Bloods. I think a really good original storyline, fascinating um, subject matter, and kind of looking at PTSD and revisiting um, Vietnam and looking at a whole different segment, like the African-American soldiers of Vietnam, which was, I thought that was really good. That was probably my second talk about Charles Chicago 7. I mean, Palm Springs is a good story, but it's just Groundhog Day in a, a modern format. 
I know none of you guys saw Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal was kind of the same thing for me. The movie itself was kind of meh, but there were some really great performances. Um, but that's a movie about a, a, a like punk rock drummer who loses his hearing and like the journey he goes on. He's deaf, which it was a good story. And then, um, I mean, Tenet, if I could even have some semblance of understanding of what Tenet meant to achieve, it probably would have been a battle with soul. But I had no idea what was happening, so I, that kind of disqualified it for me. I, I find it ironic. It's like sometimes with some of the Christopher Nolan movies, like, you know, a couple couple months later, like, people finally unraveled. Like, with Interstellar, like, there was some science behind it. People finally unraveled exactly how the events occurred. Like, I looked up a couple of things about Tenet. Nobody has any idea what was going on or what the intention was outside of Christopher and Jonathan Nolan, and that's where, like, there's a problem. Like, that's a serious problem. Like, nobody gets it. Not even some of the, the some of verified movie reviewers on, on the internet, YouTube, whatever. Like, nobody knows anything about that movie, and that's very problematic yeah, to this for day, a film. I don't know what, like, the aim was. The ending still kind of confuses me. There were some plot holes. It's I not remember really trying, I remember I tried to rationalize it so much for, like, the la- for the week after I saw it. And now I've just given up. I have no idea. It's it was, not. It, it wasn't a good, confusing like Inception was. Like Inception right. was great for me. Tenet was just kind of like, wait, like what? Like the whole idea of how he was the protagonist. Yeah, I didn't know. So lock it in. Best story. Branson, feel free to take it away. Next, we have the Dion Waiters Award presented by the Ringer. The nominees are Yahya Abdul Mantine for the role in the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Charles Dance for his role in Bank, David Harbour in The Extraction, Michael Keaton for The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Shaquille O'Neal in Hubie Halloween. You kinda, I really wanted Shaq to get one. You got to the winner? <laughs> and the winner is Michael Keaton. Uh, dude, our host ran off the stage. Imagine they have that thought. <laughs> 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 he ran away without yeah, announcing yeah. the... Um, for those who don't know, the Dion Waiters, this idea was crowned by Bill Simmons and his like writers host at, over at The Ringer, their their media company. And essentially the idea of it with, it's this role in movies that didn't have a name before, Dion Waiters, where someone who would come in had limited screen time, only a couple of scenes, but he stole, or he or she stole every scene that they were in were throwing 98 miles per hour down the middle, um, came in, like hit seven threes in like six minutes. That's the idea about it. Like someone with limited time, um, Michael Keaton, absolutely deserving in Charlie Chicago 7. You were waiting. You knew he was in it. You were kind of waiting. Were, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. I missed. So when, when, was, the, when was the trailer released? It was like, or, what, the World Series, right? It was like a month before the movie came out. No, I'm saying, yeah, and I'm saying what it was during, was it like Monday Night Football or the World Series or something? Like, something along those lines, yeah. Okay, so it was something along those lines, and I looked away at, at some point, and I never watched the trailer on YouTube, not because, like, oh, I'm not going to watch the trailer on YouTube, just because I never went back to it. And then when they get to the scene, when they're, when they're you know, they go to see uh, the, the ex-attorney general, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a big star. I'm thinking to myself, it's going to be a big star. Who could it be? And it's Michael Keaton. And I'm like, my, my jaw drops. I'm like, oh my God, it's Michael Keaton. Like I, I had personally had no idea. Obviously he was in the cast. So clearly, clearly it was, it was, uh, it was kind of what happened to me last night Aiden, with, with chef. I had no idea Robert Downey Jr. was going to be in the movie at all. I had no clue. 
And I was thinking, who's Marvin? Who's he going to be? And then I hear the voice and I'm like, oh my God, it's Tony Stark and Happy Hogan sitting in the, sitting in the little office. But, oh, but in, in Trials Cow 7, Keating comes in for his like, well, just, like two scenes. They have the courtroom scene and the office scene. He rips the movie. It just, like, he, just, he absolutely tears up that role. It is unbelievable. Like He, he totally stole the show. I want to say another another category that was stacked. Like any one of these could have yeah. won, and I generally think like they had a case. I know well, I didn't. I didn't really care about David Harbor in Extraction. Like I didn't. That, I guess, but he was good. That was a bad movie. Like, that wasn't a bad movie. That movie wasn't the generic Netflix action. I know it was a basic plot, but Hemsworth was good, and also extraction i think deserves a little love and it's grabbed me a little because i think the directorial style was fascinating with like yeah. not that fault like that 11 minute just straight action i just straight. never i never was like all right david harbour Dion waiters like with michael keaton yeah like, Dion, like literally that's that's that that's where my thought process i lies. guess that's true so I, I i take it back i would so shack seems funny but like shack was actually like generally like out of nowhere hilarious in hubie halloween so I guess you're right. David Harbour maybe wouldn't, but Charles Dance. I know you guys didn't like Mink like I did, but dude, the Charles thing with Charles Dance is like I like so I saw in the trailer and then like reading up on it before like I I knew he was gonna be in it. And I was expecting a big role from him, and so like that didn't strike me as Dion Waiters either. Even though it, he he definitely like that is a, a Dion Waiters performance, but I didn't like it didn't. I wasn't expecting that. From him i was expecting more from him so i was actually underwhelmed by his character's involvement to me it was key in the whole way yeah i mean i wanted to give shack an award just because i thought it'd be funny but keaton just dominated his role we i didn't g- we think gave Tom- Phoebe an award we, we, we gave Phoebe yeah i know a surprise i don't think they deserve to i didn't think charles dance and mank was Oh, anything strange. fantastic. I thought the two scenes he went, he stole it, and like his monkey speech was one of the better scenes I saw. Uh, I think that was one of the better scenes in the movie, but I, I, I guess I was expecting more from his role. Like I, with Michael Keaton, I knew he was getting in, and getting out mm-hmm. right away. I don't. I love Michael Keaton. That was awesome. That was for me. I was so shocked. And so surprised that it was Michael Keaton that my jaw dropped and I was so excited. Like, so, so excited. This is probably my favorite category, to be honest. Like, just, like, it's such a niche thing, and if, like, you understand it, and I see if I texted you yesterday, the term, like, Dion Waiters, it's hilarious, like, that it is Dion Waiters, but it just really does perfectly and encapsulate that role that before didn't have a name for me. Like just like the scene stealer, but like who just is like going all out and is great and I love that it's Dion Waiters. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, because there's such they started like Bill Simmons with basketball. He's a Philly guy. Dion Waiters is a Philly guy. I thought you meant Bill Simmons. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, Originally, no. Dion Waiters thought he was going to get a max contract from the Sixers. Yeah. At yeah. one point. Yeah. yeah. Back in the project. That's why he is. He's that award is named after him. Because, you know, those guys in those scenes thought they steal the movie. I don't know. Theon Waiters Award presented by The Ringer, Michael Keaton. I did Charles Dance because I genuinely thought that the monkey scene was one of the best scenes I saw all year. Like, I, I genuinely loved that scene. But no knock on Keaton. He was my number two. And he, I mean, he was great. Michael Keaton kind of had a that decade, last half decade, big resurgence for, for Huge Keaton. Huge resurgence. 
Like, and and he's leading, he's leading the DCEU, like, which is which is great. In Batman, he's going to be reading. I watched a great video about how they should rebuild the DCEU on one of my favorite YouTube channels. A great forty-minute video of just pure logic, which is like, oh, be crazy if Warner Brothers had that. But big career resurgence for Keaton, especially. I watched Spotlight the other day, and that was yeah. that was prime Keaton there too. So Keaton, the resurgence is topped off with a Joe Bob Award. Yeah, I'm sure that you can't get any better than this. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any award he would have that's more important than a Joe Bob. Not even his Academy Award for Best Actor no, in Birdman I, from 2014. Definitely not that. Overrated movie. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Branson, next category. Our next category is Best Cinematography. The nominees are Greyhound, Jungleland, Mank, and Tenet. The winner is Tenet. This is one thing that Christopher Nolan always does right, whether his movies make sense or not. They, the visuals in Tenet, like with the building, the, the, the split building explosion, like that was, that's for me is the only reason I picked it. Not the only reason I picked it. Like it's the only reason I only, I was going right for Tenet is because the fact that they pulled that off was, that scene was mind blowing. Yeah, the cinematography was really good. And Tenet, I don't think I disagree with it. Like, I'm not annoyed, but I thought, so that went to a vote. That was one of the, you guys both voted for Tenet. I voted for Mank. Um, I just didn't feel that the cinematography of Mank was anything extraordinary. It was black and white. I think that was unique, but I didn't think the the actual visuals themselves jumped off the page yeah. as much as a, a thriller like Tenet. So we put it to the vote in, in within the rewatchables. And it, so then Mank would have had to get 66 plus percent of the vote, essentially. And I thought it would be close and it wasn't. So that, that surprised me. But I, I still think Mank had the best cinematography. Um, and it's enhanced by the black and white. But the way, like the camera work that they used, I thought it's fascinating the behind the scenes, how much more detail is shown with there and like light exposure and all that. But Tenet is is deserving. I mean, as you mentioned, I think you hit a nail head. Like that's what Christopher Nolan does. He doesn't he doesn't produce poorly, like he doesn't do poor cinematography. His not. visuals never miss. Yeah. Whether you know what the hell is going on in the in the shot, the shot always looks good. Like, you have that's no one idea of the why we were still there. Honestly, yeah. yeah. The action sequences where half the people and events are moving at normal time and. The other half for going backwards. That was really impressive. I mean, just that alone, I think, has to give it to Tenet. The the scene where I was like, all right, they're going to set the tone is when Robert Pattinson and John David Washington run up the side of the building. I'm like, okay, this the the scenes in this movie are going to get nuts. Like, I know we saw the trailer and the trailer. There was a couple of trailers, especially during Monday Night Football and all that fun stuff. And we we're like, okay, this movie's going to be something weird but then when you see that in the theater on the screen of them running up the side of the building like basically in reverse time or whatever you want to call it like that was just like all right we're in for it with in terms of visuals like that 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 was the first big visual scene in terms of like messing with our minds i was like all right we're, we're gonna be in for it here but that's that's christopher nolan's thing so that's expected for christopher nolan like if we see a christopher nolan movie i expect the visuals to be of the highest of class. The highest of class. Yeah, I agree. Okay, perfect, you said. Branson, next category. Next category is Best Animated Movie. The nominees are Onward, Scoob, and Soul. The winner is Soul. 
Uh, don't need much to say here. Yeah, this just wasn't close. Far and away the best. When we have an animated movie win best story, it's going to win yeah. best animated movie as there well. There also weren't that many animated movies. Like, Onward was kind of a pretty generic Pixar movie, and Scoob was... I enjoyed Scoob, but it is not... It was never, like... It was kind of on the list because there's only... The thing with Scoob is, like, it was a Scooby-Doo movie. You know what you're going to get. The Scooby-Doo and the gang. Like, there wasn't... They weren't hiding much with Scoob. It would kind of have to be included just so we didn't have, like, a... A two-movie animated category. Um, I feel like Branson would enjoy Scoob. He's been asking to watch it for, like, the entire time I've been home. You watched it without him? I watched it at school, yeah. Oh, okay. Like by myself, I enjoyed it. Maybe, maybe tonight, Branson. Scoob was the movie over the summer where I was watching on my computer. <laughs> I fell asleep, and I woke up, and my computer is dangling on the side of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we talked about this was still open. And my sister had opened my door or something and saw that I had fallen asleep and didn't move my computer, and it was on the edge of the bed. <laughs> I just don't understand how you can like fall asleep. Like me and Steve said it. Like if I'm yeah. falling asleep, which is rare watching a movie, it's like all right, let me turn off everything and put it down, and then I'll fall asleep. Don't know how you do that. I can't fall asleep with the screen on. Yeah, it's I mean, a gift. With with a screen on, not it's just a really at school. Like, it's been numerous times at school where you've caught me. You like, 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 went into like, my room like, with my light on. Yeah, like. Oh, we gotta ask Billy a question, like knocking on the door, and I'm gonna be like, "Hey, is he okay?" Open it, and he's just asleep. And like, Curb is just running, like it's like playing. So you'll start it over though, like the next day, Billy, or like yeah, I'll go back. Okay, I'll wake up, and I was like, "No, I was not on episode eight of this season. I was on episode three. That's a yeah, that's a conversation we've had. I just that's crazy. But yeah, Soul best animated feature. I'm pretty sure the next couple categories are. Pretty the smaller ones, Branson. Like just like the the quick ones, Branson. What's the next category? The next category is best action movie. The nominees are Extraction, Tenet, and The Gentleman. The Joe Bomb goes to The Gentleman. So this was another two for one. Me and Steve voted for The Gentleman. Billy voted for Tenet. Went to the vote. I'm pretty sure when we ended it, Tenet had like sixty five point two percent of the vote, so missed out on winning by 0.8%. percent. Um, this was a this was one of the polls that that made me lose my mind uh, the most is so, so sometimes in this little rewatchables uh, polling group people like to add in their their picks so when when the question specifically states uh, between these two specific choices which would you pick people love and I mean love adding in their picks when that has nothing to do with the two that are selected. That's one of the biggest problems with this country is people don't read the question. The question isn't asking, please add your choice to the bottom. Because our-, our <laughs> Yeah, we're not, asking what's the best action movie of choice? It's, it's, it's asking, pick one or the other, not, and then people are like, oh, well, I think this is the best. And I'm <laughs> like, no, read the dang question. It says, which of these two? Not add in your choice if you don't like either of these two. It's which of these two specific choices out of these two specific choices or out of these three specific choices. 
what would you pick? Well, I like this one. No, 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 no. Read the question and pick one. Best, you guys are lucky. I would always remember the default setting is a check that like allow people to add their own things in the poll. And I always had to go, I deleted a couple because I had to go click off because I know people would type in like the actual poll. Um, I was, so what's also annoying is I base my movies and it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when like, so Gentleman's listed as a film, like 2019 film on Google and Letterboxd and all these sites because it had, it was shown at either festival or had an extremely limited release in theaters on Christmas day, 2019 released across the world market is January 15th, 2020. So we said, obviously this is, I guess, our point to clarify for the Joe bombs. The only way the movies under consideration had to have their wide releases in 2020. Um, I count as a 20 bad people can be like, gentlemen, that 2019. I'm like, no, it's not a 2019 movie. It's not. A lot of people pointed that out. They love, they love doing that. They love not, they love not answering the question. Like I don't, people who base movies on when it gets shown at a festival, that is not, that is not the year it debuted. It debuts in the year that like it's a wide release. Um, but me and Steve talked about it. I was surprised, Billy, that this is more just like a general. I assumed when I we and Steve recommended the gentleman to you, which was honestly one of the first movies that came out in 2020. Like I thought that would be a, a sweep. Like I thought that yeah. that would be easy, but I was surprised that you liked Tenet more than that because you weren't a big fan of Tenet. I thought Tenet was good. It was just com- really, really confusing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think any of us really raved over Tenet. I thought no. the gentleman was close. To- I enjoyed the gentleman. It was close to Tenet. I just I think just, that the whole concept of Tenet was really cool, even though it was confusing. Uh, I I still think it does have a little bit of an edge. They were too, they were very close though. Yeah, Tenet as an action movie for me was like the scenes were cool, but the ac- the actual idea of it being an action movie like never really clicked with me. Like with the gentleman, I'm just expecting a guy Richie some kick ass scenes action plot with tenant i didn't really it wasn't really an action plot for me that's why i never really considered picking it that was my thought process i really, I really like i'm talking like gentleman push is pushing my top 150 all time like i really like um yeah i just think i'm also i think it's also about that i'm a big guy richie fan which like i know he's very hit or miss but I often like his movies more than I don't. I like his style. I like I love Sherlock, the both of the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and I think I really think the casting in the gentleman was was really good. Like every like that was, an, that was an expensive cast. Hudman I thought was great. I thought McConaughey did a great job. Um, I like Hugh Grant too. He was kind of a good, um, morally ambiguous human being. Our I guess like friend of the show. Now, of course, I'm blanking on his name. The guy who we wanted uh, to play Namor. Oh, Henry Golding. Yeah, Henry Golding. He did great. Expensive cast. I love the setting. It, it, it made good money, too. I love, like, the little tongue-in-cheek yeah. ending. I really, like, enjoyed that movie, and I thought the action scenes were good. It, it was just different. I like original movies, and that's, like, a different style of gangster movie. So I was a big fan. Colin Farrell. There was a couple of weird scenes, for sure. It wasn't a top-tier action movie, but I really liked it in the if I was a, like not a niche movie, but I guess kind of like I just underrated. I thought it was underrated by the masses. People who like Guy Ritchie love that movie. Yeah, it was it was a peak Guy Ritchie movie, and I'm yeah. a peak Guy Ritchie movies. Branson. Next category is best comedy. The non the nominees are On the Rocks, 
Palm Springs, Sonic the Hedgehog, The King of Staten Island, and The Love Birds. And the winner is Palm Springs. I mean, obliteration in the vote. This one was it wasn't like, even close. Like, really so. Like, a hundred, twenty piece. Pa- Palm Springs, like, it's not an original story, but, like, parts of it were really funny. But King of Staten Island was hilarious. I had no issues with any of three. I'm obviously a bigger On the Rocks fan than most. I, I love Murray's performance. I didn't expect it to win. Not a lot of people have seen it. Um, I just wanted to give it a little love. That's what I voted for. But I was fine with either of the other two. I think other than On the Rocks, like Palm Springs, I, I thought would be the clear winner. I was fine with it. I, I expected it to win, but I, I didn't want it to win. I, I was like, never conceding this. The rare movie that and I like never would have thought that Groundhog Day could have needed like a redo or a, a modern version of a. It wasn't an original story. Like, yeah, that's why it wasn't as funny. Like I already no, seen but it. but there it was, was a twist good. on it though. I mean, Palm Springs is very good. I mean, it was fresh. Andy Samberg's is funny in pretty much anything you put it in. So the casting choice, I think, definitely had an upgrade to the film. But um, and J.K. Simmons is really funny in it as well. I thought. Yeah. Um. JK Staten Island's good though. It was really I like that as well. Those two are close for me. I I love Pete Davidson's humor just because I I mean some of the things he says on SNL and then on on his roasts are are just they're just so funny. Like it's brutal humor, but it's I just find it funny. I'm a big fan of Pete Davidson too. I just thought that I remember feeling I, I was maybe also I was expecting more from King of Staten Island. Palm Springs kind of like okay, and it surprised me. It was thought it was really good. Well, King of Staten Island, I think delivered, but it didn't over exceed my expectations. But I think hurt it a little bit. I thought Palm Springs was a really good movie though. On the Rocks is much lower on my rankings than the King of Staten Island and Palm Springs. Yeah, I know it's not for everyone. It's a cop a lot. I just. The Murray and Rich. I'm a big Richard Jones fan. I thought it was good. Sonic the Hedgehog and Lovebirds were the other two. Honestly, Lovebirds, it got a nom. Looking at it, probably maybe shouldn't have. It was just a, kind of a generic. It was uh, Camille Nanjiani and Issa Rae. And they actually did a good job, but it was pretty generic. And then, Billy, you watched Sonic the Hedgehog. And, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was surprising. I'm looking forward to the second one because that's going to be more about of the video game characters that everyone knows. So that's going to be a fun watch. Studio shaming. The fans just were like, redo this movie after the first trailer. And they did. did. Probably a good decision, too. Yeah, no, definitely a good decision. I would probably go, I don't even know if this is going out on a limb and saying this, but if they did not redo Sonic, I do not think there's going to, there would be a second Sonic movie. Oh, no shot. I had no shot. Yeah. The rare time that like social media actually caused the media, like the, like, um, excuse me, the uh, movie companies actually do something about it. Like, well, right, right, right. I mean, like, that animation sucks. Like, we're getting, we're getting the, the probably the biggest version of all time of that in in a month or so with the Snyder cut. Well, yeah, this is this is a movie that's getting an additional eighty million dollars to to do some fun stuff. Yes, it might not be perfect, but it is definitely we're, we're the, close to perfect. It is definitely the the biggest version uh, to scale of of fan bullying. Uh, fans bullying a studio. Yeah, the studio did the fans wrong, so it's it was deserved. Snyder cuts also though, like, like let's say Max didn't premiere and have like a hard time. I don't think we get it, but I think oh like, no way yeah, we need content. Like let's drive up our things. So it, it wasn't as much bullying as much as Max like HBO realized an opportunity was there. Warner Brothers realized an opportunity was there. All right, Branson, move on to the next category. 
On to our next category, Best Drama. Our nominees are The Five Bloods, Greyhound, Jungle Land, Mink, The Devil All the Time, The Trial of the Chicago 7, and The Way Back. And the winner for Best Drama is The Trial of the Chicago 7. I mean, not, not, we talked about it. Like, we mentioned all the really good movie. We had a whole pod recapping it. We did. It was awesome. A, a heavy year for dramas. Like, the movies that were released and were wider releases despite quarantine, a lot of a drama-heavy year. My two best from the year are The Trial of Chicago 7 and The Five Bloods. Like, and those are clearly both both dramas and yeah. they and they were but they also were the two that i felt were by far and away the best from from this year um the trial of, the trial of chicago seven oh and soul which is a little bit of drama here and there um more of a more of a you know a, a child child version of drama but I, is it though? There's a lot of mature tones. Yeah. If you listen to our behind the scenes pod, which is what me, friend of the show, Rafi, and the other friend, we kind of talked to them. Rafi and me were throwing the football outside, and he was asking Branson, and like, it's not a kids movie. Like, Soul is an adult movie. It da- tackles adult yeah. ideas. Yeah. Because that's you know, what Pixar does. That's great. Well, usually Pixar does kids movies, and there's adult message kind of hidden that the adults won't understand. I thought this movie wasn't like hidden. Like, it was an adult movie that. Like kid, like in a kid's like frame, almost like in right. like animated format. Right. I would say that most Pixar movies, anyone could watch them. Or... I no, I know, I definitely would say that any anyone can watch a Pixar movie. I but, think that's undoubted. And other animated movies, you cannot say. That. I agree. I want our I want our host to unmute though, because this conversation when we were throwing the football it was me, Branson, Raffi, Branson asking about Soul. It's like, oh, is, do you think that's like Branson? Like, I don't know if I would let my kid watch that when I watched it. And this man, Branson, goes. Yeah, like keep in mind, Branson is twelve. Our host, our host is twelve years old. This man goes, yeah, like I don't think Soul's bad. Like I was watching like American Sniper, and like that was worth. I was like, what? And I told my mom, my mom comes downstairs in the morning, and Branson was just like, this is many of the reasons why Branson isn't allowed to like use the TV remote because my mom comes in like, what are you watching? And my dad was in, and he was like, I think it was my dad, right? Branson was a dad or mom who caught you. I didn't even hear a word. Okay. <laughs> somehow, somehow he unmuted and said nothing. It uh, said nothing. Who caught you? Who, who who found it? Who's dad? dad? Our dad came in. What do you want from my parents? Like American Sniper. My dad's like, what? <laughs> did you like it? Yeah, did you like American Sniper? Yeah, it, it, it was action filled. Kept you sitting in your seat. Kept you sitting. In kept seat. you sitting in your seat. <laughs> Top notch analysis. Okay. From There's a twelve, no year, from a 12 year old seeing the American Sniper, I'll take it. That was perfect. There's no standing up and watching movies from Branson. <laughs> Everything keeps him in his seat. <laughs> this man watches. He'll watch sports. His go to. What's your go to show? It's like a, he watches like the Discovery Channel or like History Natural, like the those. Uh, what's it called? World Planet. No, not the channel. Like, what's the show that you always watch? Lone Star Law. He watches like the, the, the country pops. <laughs> him and my sister, dude. And they sit there for hours watching these pops arrest like hillbillies who are like illegally fishing. <laughs> Branson seems like a house hunters type of kid. He'll watch HGTV too. And oh. Food Network. Oh, he's oh, like I love energetic Food Network. about that. 
Yeah, I I watched House Hunters. My mom would always have it on. Yeah, my, we always had the Food Channel, uh, Food Network on. Always. Yeah, my sister watches Food Network. Yeah. The worst. My mom's been having the Hallmark Channel on a lot, which I can't. Oh, yeah. my That's like the worst Hallmark television Hallmark. ever. Look at this kid. My sisters watch the Hallmark Channel. Branson has a guilty pleasure of Hallmark movies. Oh, Branson! Oh, no. Literally the worst TV of movies you can Unmute have. Yourself. Unmute yourself and defend yourself. That's like that's the um that's the channel you flip to when your sister's annoying you and you're just like I want to watch sports. No, change it. That's just go to change it. I'll come in. Branson gets it from my dad. When Branson's watching stuff, he like his mouth drops open. <laughs> and he's really suspicious because they're like, "Could be." I walk in. And I'm like, "What are you guys watching?" He's just watching the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> he feeds for those love stories, man. <laughs> Branson, they're the same movie over and over again, just in a different cast. They're all terrible. I don't know, man. He he enjoys them. He watches them. They're not as bad as Say Yes to the Dress, which my mom also watches. Oh, no. Oh, Branson. Branson likes that, too? Wait, is that a thumbs up like a good show? Oh. I think he likes it. Branson probably likes Four Weddings, too. Uh, what, I love four. I mean, I mute yourself. What what shows do you watch like with your sisters that you actually enjoy? Whatever they turn on, usually it's like. Oh, so he's it's like you're both you and Cat are both like this. They both just like whatever's on, they enjoy. Like as long as there's a screen on. Yeah. But then there's like these some shows that you're just like no. It's like like the grilling shows. I don't get the point of grilling shows. It's like you can do that in your backyard. Specifically like, grilling shows? Yeah, it's just like, no, come on, change it. It's like, okay, I get the cake shows, but like, no. But you can do that in your kitchen. No, not everyone's <laughs> like the cake boss, right? I like it specifically. Yeah. The grilling shows. No grilling for Branson. That's what, not Hallmark movies, but grilling shows. Grilling. Branson is no here. fan of Guy Fieri. <laughs> no, it's like, like, the judge was like, oh my gosh, you grilled this a bit undercooked, like, if you put it on for like 10 more seconds, it would have been great. And your potatoes were a bit mushy. <laughs> Branson is acting like he can just walk out to a grill and perfect a meal. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's like me, guys. He doesn't cook anything, nor does he know how to cook anything. I mean, I'm not surprised. If you're you 20 years old and you don't know how to do anything. What do you know how to cook? I know how to cook pasta. More than me. Yeah, I can't say that I've ever seen Aiden make pasta. Mm. I've lived with him for one and a half years now. I don't think I've ever worked easy. That. I make thing... bang quesadillas. Oh, yeah. The only thing Aiden makes is microwavable stuff. That's true. Branson, I don't know if you knew this, but sophomore year when Aiden moved in, he bought these tortillas to make quesadillas because he always makes quesadillas and he loves them. He made them the first day we were at school and then when we were leaving because of the pandemic we had to throw everything out and the tortillas were still in the fridge (laughs) bro but tell me in our house i don't eat quesadillas you do you don't i perfected it you microwave them for 30 seconds each throw them in the toaster (laughs) for a minute and a half to get them crispy queso sour cream or maybe guac oh Banging quesadillas. This is how sad his cooking life is. Whoa. Oh. You can unmute yourself. Oh, oh, you were just saying that one thing that my cooking yeah. is bad. Like, 
I do bagels and quesadillas, and I can sustain myself. Yeah, that is bagels. awful. That's just so many carbs. I am. I am bringing. I'm going back to school tomorrow, and Billy, you are kidding yourself if you think me and Mom LaCory and Branson's coming along for the ride or not stopping at the bagel shop. Oh, Branson's going for the ride? Branson's oh, I should be moving ride. in tomorrow then, not Thursday. I don't think my mom would uh, let him see people, though. We've got him really off track. This is like... This is prime Joe Bob. intermission. Intermission at the yeah, Joe Bob. This is, this is the spirit of Joey lingering around, yeah. ruining things. I kind of want... Uh, We're letting all the nominees mingle with amongst themselves yeah. and because we're getting this is the big ones this is the red carpet thing yeah we have no 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 we have i believe we have one oh no we are no no this is the big ones branson yeah what we're missing is a musical performance at the joe balls we might need that for the third <laughs> branson the should, third we, should we get our sister to practice her clarinet live <laughs> branson a vehement no from the host kick us off with the big guns And now, a big time award that the people came here for. Up first, Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Jessica Barden in Jungleland, Olivia Cook in Sound of Metal, Elizabeth Debicki in Tenet, and Amanda Seyfried in Mink. And the Joe Bomb goes to Amanda Seyfried. Well deserving. Great performance. I think you can dislike that movie and admit that's that another uh, that follows the the same theory I had with with Ma Rainey's is like it wasn't a good movie for me, but the performances were definitely definitely exceptional. And Amanda Seyfried of the choices was definitely the best. Yeah, I picked I voted for Viola, but I expected I expected Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, to win. I mean that was the thing. So we well, it's like a tease, but you saw Viola is nominated for like best actress. Right. Like, there's a debate like with the actual Oscars, like will she be supporting or will she She be... should be supporting, but there's a better going... chance to win for supporting. Yeah. yeah. We, we gave her actress because we were we were limited in that category. But yeah. Um we were limited in this category too, to be honest. That's what I mean. Yeah. There just wasn't that many really good ones. And I think was... I mean Elizabeth Debicki's a good actress, but that she stunk in that role. Like, that was that was a bad role. Section said the truth. She's a really good actress. But he feels like she just has to stop getting pigeonholed to like the damsel in distress role. And I think that's true. Like a lot of her stuff is just like she's the needs saving or she's, but I thought she did good. Um, I think Seifert was by far and away the best. I voted for the Bricky. I don't have an issue with Seifert winning it though. I think she was, she was pretty good at main coming in. I don't like the movie, but she was solid. She's also very attractive, so she can go win. Kind of goes, I'm. What's happening? My personal, my room, no lock at my door. People just walk in when they want. Well, I know it's not Branson because I see him in his spot. Bro, I've recorded pods the last couple of days, and I would tell Branson, yo, when I'm done recording the podcast, I'll come out and throw the football around. This man comes in and pops his head in the room like five different times. Okay. Well, I know it's not him this time, so who's bothering you now? It was Mama LaCour, and I don't know what she said. Um, No idea, but... Yeah, Seyfried, I it's an interesting discussion for another pod I'd like to have. And I think it's interesting is like, Billy, for you specifically, and I think it's just a stylistic choice. Like you don't seem to like the movies that are rooted in like no real plot and more just that are rooted in like character Damn interaction. Straight. I deserve a plot when I'm watching a movie. Me, I enjoy those movies. I, if, if it's good performances, I'm fine watching. Like, I could listen to the radio if I didn't want a plot. Okay, that's a little bit <laughs> I, I don't like that, so I'm moving on to the next category, Branson. 
The next category is Best Supporting Actor. The nominees are Sasha Baron Cohen for her role in... For her role? For his role <laughs> in Charles Chicago 7. Jim Carrey in the role of Sonic the Hedgehog. Charlie Hume Hunman for the role in Gentleman. Frank Langella for his role in the Travel of Chicago 7. Bill Murray for the role in On the Rocks. And Jack O'Connell for the role in Jungle Land. And the Joe Bob goes to Sasha Baron Cohen. Another, for me at least, really good category. This is a stacked category. This is a stacked category. category. Crazy though, stacked category, never even like second guess my choice. Like it was. No. See, I didn't second guess my choice, and my choice didn't win. And I picked Frank Langella, the judge from the Trial of Chicago Seven. I felt by far and away, if he was in that category, that his performance was incredible. I mean, that was that. I get it. Sasha Baron Cohen's performance was was great, but Frank Langella's performance was exceptional and made that movie what it was from the other side of the argument from the the the, the Chicago Seven. I felt he drove the the plot in, in the opposition way cast hell of a cast i would not have been mad if he had won steve i just still think sasha baron cohen he was he was the best part of the movie in my opinion. he was the best part of that movie and that movie was just fantastic and he's the, like the driving force of that right also it just showed the range that he has from because this is a drama he can do whatever and, he wants if he puts his mind to it he can. He's very, very talented. But then you have some of the other nominees, like Jim Carrey. I think we could be possibly looking at a career renaissance because of this movie. He was great. And it was much different than some of his roles that he's had more recently. Kind of brought us back to the old, cool. energetic Jim Carrey. Um, he didn't really have a chance of winning. But, I mean, he was really, really good in this role. And in a role where you didn't really expect him to thrive originally. For him, it's it wasn't that that he you know he was exiled from Hollywood. It was more he didn't have a desire to act like yeah. Jim Carrey. Like he just didn't have the same fire as he did in the beginning. But I would love for more of Jim Carrey if he enjoyed this role. My thing is, again, I know we're talking about this category though was loaded. Like from top to bottom, all great performances. My thing with your nom of Langella, Langella. He did, it's hard, like, his acting elicited, like, a visceral reaction from me. Like, I felt... Me too, yeah. That's why I think he was well-deserving. Um, Billy, obviously, Carrie got praised for his role in Sonic. I know we all watched it. I thought Charlie Hunman was great in The Gentleman. And there's actually a little bit of buzz of, like, could he have an outside chance of getting even... Like, he's being... He's, like, on short list for the Oscar. And I don't think he actually gets a nom, but even the fact that he's, like, on, like, possible guys, I think that was impressive. I didn't expect it from that generic action movie i know me and bill murray i was a big fan of on the rocks and then billy i know you saw and you liked it jack o'connell and then we'll talk about the next few coming jack o'connell and jungle land was really good that's a really good movie that he was i still thought charlie hunman was the better actor in that movie i mean i I, he had a great year and i know i haven't seen much with him in it but from what i have seen i've really enjoyed like i thought he was a good king arthur and he was just in a bad movie when he was because i really wanted that to do well since i like those type of movies and i didn't think that he brought the movie down in any way it was just he was wasn't given anything to work with a couple of months ago we did like the fan casting for um mcu and dcu i think charlie hunman would be like a fantastic like green arrow like i think that's just like a, a 
like an easy casting, and I think I'll knock it out of the park. Um, in hindsight, Sasha, fantastic. All fantastic performances, all deserving of noms. Um, I think this was our like longest category. Like I think this would had this category had the most noms, but Sasha, I think, rightfully gets it done. But Branson, next category. I think we only got a couple left. The next category is best actress. The nominees are Millie Bobby Brown in Enola Holmes, Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Rashida Jones in On the Rocks, and Margot Robbie in Birds of Prey. And the winner is Viola Davis. Sadly, just not a great category this year. And when you look at the actual Oscars, like the odds and the favorites for that, all of those movies are the movies that premiered once at a festival and are coming out like February, March of this year. They know they extended the period, but that doesn't help us with the Joe bombs. There were only so many. Viola, I was, I wanted more of her performance in the movie, and I think as we mentioned, talked about a little, like she, she just wasn't in it enough supporting, but she did a really good job. And I mean, Millie Bobby Brown was really good in Noah Holmes. I liked it, but like, she, I don't think it was Joe bomb worthy. Margot always knocks it out of the park as, as Harley Quinn, but like, really, Rashida was good, and on the rocks, but not enough people saw it. I think Viola. Viola Viola. Joe Baumworthy. Viola Davis. I'm saying Viola. Yeah. A Joe Baumworthy performance on Viola Davis. I agree for the most part with you, Aiden. I wanted more from her performance. Like, I thought it was good. Like, pretty good. I didn't think it was great. Um, I know a lot of people were saying it was a fantastic performance. I didn't think it met that criteria. Um, But again, it's a lacking category. Uh, Rashida Jones, she was solid as well. I don't know if it, it was really Joe Bomb worthy, um, but deserving of the nomination. She did a good job. Um, again, Millie Bobby Brown, she was also really good in Enola Holmes. And Enola Holmes surprised me with how good that movie was. But again, I don't think it's really Joe Bomb worthy. I voted for Margot Robbie because I do think she brings it in every movie. And I don't know if people could really bring the same element to Harley Quinn as she does. But again, that movie wasn't that great, and you're not going to have someone win Best Actress from a movie that really wasn't that great. Um, but she did get my vote, but I'm not upset with the Viola Davis, or Viola, whatever it is. Um, Whoa! Viola, I was right the first time. It's Viola, and it's not whatever it is when it comes to Queen Viola. Okay. It, it, I mean, she deserves much more respect than or whatever it is. I mean, she's and getting respect, she's getting a Joe bomb. Nicest way possible, kind of a Joe bomb out of just like default, rather than like like there wasn't any other performances. That Nobody I, stuck out, and she I might not even it, be but, a best actress. She might be best supporting in my mind. Yeah, twenty twenty was not a strong year for great performances by actresses. Yeah, there's a lot of great performances by actors, and I don't know. If that was just because of the movies that came out or but I didn't see anything that really blew me away or was a shoo-in like I remember last year I think it was for supporting actress and maybe even for best actors like ScarJo blew me away with her performances in Marriage Story and in um, Jojo uh, Rabbit Rabbit. and there was nothing like that this year it's interesting I'm confident saying that movies that and like the next couple of months, the, the actress performances that will be getting lauded at the upcoming Oscars 
those will be the contenders in the, the third annual Joe Bums. Because simply based on our criteria of why they won't, yeah, they don't meet this year's criteria. In that year, mm-hmm. the movies that are up for the Oscars would be up for our next one. So I, I'm pretty sure the pandemic hurt that. But Viola, I think, is deserving. But kind of really, there's only a couple. Like I voted for Rashida because I really like the movie. But it, Viola is deserving. Some of the comments in the rewatchables were like, really? Margot Robbie, is that the best we could have? And I wanted to say, like, it's interesting because there's a, what's cool about rewatchables is there's a lot of people like overseas, like Canada, Europe, and they get movies like at different timelines. So they've seen a lot of these Oscar worthy movies that haven't been released in the US yet. And they're like, what about Nomadland, which is getting all the praise? I'm sure it's great. It's by Chloe Zhao, the lady who directed Eternals. Francis McDormand's getting all the praise. I haven't seen it yet. It hasn't come out yet. I don't know what to tell you. Goes back to see like just the three. It's not a. It's just not the a three. Just, just pick the choices. I think we got best actor now, though, Branson. Let's hear it. Next category of best actor: the nominees are Riz Ahmed in *Sound of Metal*, Ben Affleck in *The Way Back*, Sasha Cohen in *Borat 2*, Chadwick Boseman in *Ma Rainey's Black Bottom*, Charlie Hume Hunman in *Jungleland*, Delroy Lindo in *The Black*. The Five Bloods in, and Gary Oldman in Make. And the winner for Best Actor goes to Chadwick Boseman. Our first posthumous Joe Bomb. I mean, it was, for me, I thought at least the top contenders in this one, there was, like, there was a couple that really stood out and had a hard time. And they were all deserving. And I mean, Chadwick's, again, we talked about it. We don't have to really dive into detail. But Ma Rainey's pretty average plot. Nothing really happened in the movie itself, but specifically Viola and really Chadwick, those performances were like Chadwick's performance in that movie was unreal. Like, even while I'm watching, I'm like, hey, this movie's am, but that performance kept it like, yeah, whoa. And he was great. Yeah. First post. So was, so was Delroy Lindo in The Five Bloods. That oh, was great. fantastic. Ben fantastic. Affleck. And Ben Affleck in The Way Back. Those are my top three. Really good. I, I love Gary Oldman and Mink. I thought he was fantastic. Obviously, we have this room. Those were the four to me that always um, pop, popped off, but Chadwick absolutely deserving. But he was a runaway winner in uh, the rewatchables. But. I thought he was by far the best. I mean, without him in that, that movie, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom would not have been watchable for me, honestly. Uh, but I thought Charlie Hunman brought it in um, Jungle Land. Like, I think he really elevated that movie because without his performance, it could have been like an average movie and it was well above, above average. And I think that was mainly due to his acting chops. See, Jungle He Land, was number two for me, I think. Jungle Land's a fascinating movie for me. Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a seven, 74%. Like everyone has it in that like 65 to 75 range. And I generally thought it was like one of the better movies I've seen like of that year and in a while. Like as a cinematic, I thought it was like masterful. Like, I thought it was great. Um, Billy, I think, shared the same sentiments. I thought Hunman and O'Connell were really good. Barden was great. Jonathan Majors had a little Dion Waiters. I thought it was Hunman rounds out my top five. Again, we kind of mentioned great year. Like that's a movie that not a lot of people are going to see. It got released at a festival in 2019. And then it got delayed. And then it just released on demand in September, I believe, or November. Between September and November, and no one really saw it. But I loved it, and I thought that's like one of those, I guess, indie esque movies where not that many people know of it. But 
And honestly, Sasha Baron Cohen's performance in Variety was really good because you have to like take into effect how challenging it is to fool these people and get into complete character and just dive into that. And so he does that very, very well. I don't think um, the plot elements of that movie will really take away from the quality of his performance and getting into that Borat character that he can do. Agreed. I just I was interesting. What I see it is like there you go. when you, we talk about movies that are great performances, the movie itself is that our two, our best actors and best actor are both from Ma Rainey's and a movie that all of us kind of have low 70s, roughly in that range. You know, just kind of, it, it's fascinating. It just kind of shows how movies are, there's so many different elements that play. My thing with you see that, and I feel like best actress, best actor, Joe Bomb's like shoe in for best picture and it's not even nominated. Yeah, my thing with, with Ma Rainey's was like, the only reason I enjoyed anything was the actors, but like with The Way Back, like I thought that was a good enough movie to, to get something out of the Joe Bombs. Like I thought that it could have won a few things here and there. Um, but I just felt that, that Affleck was like, he was really good in a, in a pretty good movie in my mind. But when there's a really good performance in a movie that really isn't good, that's what, that's what takes it over the top. That's why I think Bo- Bozeman won. But I, d- I voted for Affleck. I was between Affleck and Lindo. Delroy Lindo, I thought, was pretty crazy in, in The Five Bloods. If The Way Back had non-cringy practice scenes for basketball. That's what I was going to say. The basketball scenes definitely held it back because they were hard to watch. The, a couple of the actual game scenes were not bad at all. It was those practice scenes that were like – and like the dialogue within the practice scenes that were just incredibly unrealistic. And then- emulating, emulating everyday – sports activities in film seems to be a challenge in in most cases it's really find ironic. it's really it's really weird because that movie like some dark themes and great performances and the once you get past the early basketball practice scenes it's good like really once you, you just have to yeah, get like, a i agree of really cringy ones i agree there was a, a scene i think it's from a disney channel movie and it's something that i haven't seen but lights camera barstool tweeted this out saying the worst scene in the history of cinema and it's a basketball game oh my god catches the ball outside the three-point line with like eight seconds left and she keeps doing all these ball fakes (laughs) and they come back to her and take the shot she's like at the elbow (laughs) and she did a dribble it's the disney channel movie (laughs) the the worst scene ever in movie history and then what comes to my mind is the spider-man what I was saying, I don't know if my thing cut off. The you. worst scene in movie history is the Catwoman okay. scene. <laughs> is my thing glitching? It's not coming to mind. Oh, my internet connection. Yeah. You said the Catwoman scene, but I don't really... My internet connection is awful. Thinking of anything that's that awful. I will send you guys the link after this show and you will watch it. It is the worst scene in movie history. Okay. Branson, uh, you, you look kind of bored over there. What's well, coming to my mind for an awful... All right. Go ahead, Billy. What's coming to my mind for an awful scene is for sports is in The Amazing Spider-Man um, when uh, Peter Parker gets the ball and is toying with Flash Thompson. But before that, when Flash Thompson blocks it, all the layup, the, the kid who was going for the layup clearly was only throwing the ball up like a foot or two feet in the air on purpose. And it was basically coming down when he swatted the ball. And it 
just was going to miss the net by like five feet on a layup. And sports, just, sports and movies for you. Yeah. It's like you couldn't really have done a retake one time on that and get someone who knows how to play or shoot a basketball at least. We always used to joke uh, with this one kid who did the sports news on our middle school morning show because he did this like highlight clip and it had him shooting a basketball at it. And one time, for some reason, they like let the clip run a little bit longer. And, and when he goes to shoot the layup, we finally saw the end of the shot and he missed the layup. But oh, they wow. always cut it off before then. So everyone was joking and making fun of him that he couldn't make the layup. And he, like, kept denying it, even though everyone saw it on the TV for the morning show. Just thought I should share. It's not really relevant. It's it's relevant to the, to the way back. I returned or no? Yeah, you're better now. You're better. Yeah, I, I could see because you guys kept freezing on my screen. I'm like, oh, God, this isn't good. Branson, take us away for uh, Best Director. Our next category is Best Director. Our nominees are Sophie, Sophia Coppola for On the Rocks, Pete Docter for Soul, David Fincher for Mink, and Spike Lee for The Five Bloods, and Aaron Sorkin for The Trials of the Chicago Seven. And the Joe Bomb goes to Pete Docter. So well deserving. I didn't vote for him specifically just because it was an animated movie, and I didn't really want to give it to an animated director but um what he did was absolutely fantastic with the movie so he probably deserved the best director like he's done other pixar movies like like i get like the directors is a huge part of the the animation process but i you know i felt that for me it was i know sorkin has his moments but i felt sorkin or spike lee definitely deserved the, the, the for the way they told their stories in, in live action i didn't really want to give it to, to an animated director i figured once it went to uh the the vote it would be spike lee or pete doctor but i i you know i see why he won but i i didn't particularly want to give it to an animated director i voted for sorkin i thought he did a good job i did too and he's only directed two movies yeah and there seems to be a perception that he's not a good director but i thought this was pretty i thought he did fine with this even better than fine i thought he did pretty well yeah i agree um, I don't think Sorkin's a great like director. Like, I, I think he's learning. I think his his dialogue is always great. The screenwriting is always great. But as an actual director, like with camera work and all the elements, he's pretty pretty average. It was. I just didn't feel there's anything to complain about from the trial of Chicago. Yeah, I, mean, I thought what he did in the courtroom scene was great. I don't, I don't think he was, I thought there were better. I thought he was not in my. I thought that Doctor was better. I thought that um, Spike Lee was better. This was the vote that Doctor needed 66 plus percent and he got like 68. So that was our first runoff that actually mattered. And Branson, I know you're bored. Our host has been lighting up Twitter as people have viewed his reactions um, and has just fallen asleep. The last category is the big one. What's our best picture? He's been a good sport though. Final category of the evening is best picture. The nominees are the five bloods, Jungle Land, Soul, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. And the Joe Bomb goes to The Trial of the Chicago 7. I feel like we, we, we've been leading up to that. Like, that's what we've been saying. Like It was clear-cut the best movie of this year. Yep. 
start to finish cast obviously for billy and i director um you know dialogue screenplay uh it, it, it took it took it took the honors i think for me right after i saw it i didn't think there was anything that was going to top it defy bloods was definitely a surprise about how much i liked it but the trial of chicago seven for me was in a league of its own the only, the only thing was the soul yeah i would say that soul was the only thing that was close for me but still i think my mind had been not made up but i was leaning towards um the trials chicago seven the whole time i think we all said it right when it came out that this was probably the best movie of the year it was the favorite at the time and i never really wavered when when after watching soul i was like all right soul was really good good original story um that's why i picked it for a story because i felt it was the best original story but i felt the best movie as a whole uh, was the trial of the chicago seven for me and it, it was not close like in my mind like when i was picking like i was never not picking it yeah nothing came close to altering my decision really it's plus 500 to win best picture at the oscars last time i checked which has the third best odds i i think that what's, it'll what's be between, of, like, i think nomadland was above it what about minority? um here let me check real quick minari i think is also a favorite but I would say, I mean, for me at least, that's been the best. I do not think it's going to. I don't to know win. if the committee will pick it. It just seems like there's been other movies that they feel like they like better. All right, they've. Here we go. So the odds right now for the Oscars for best best picture, Trial of Chicago Seven, still at plus five hundred. Uh, Mank is also at plus five hundred. I think that was above. Um, Chicago 7 before. I think it was plus 400. And then Nomadland is even. That's if, they're, uh, if they're giving it between Chicago 7 and Mank, the committee's giving it to Mank every time. I honestly don't think... If I'm going to be, if I'm gonna be honest, like my, my instant reaction is I do not think the trial of Chicago 7 has a chance. No, no shot. Like, yeah, at winning. If Mank wins, that is such a fraud, fraudulent best picture. I mean, I don't even know what... Nomen Land, when does that even release? February. Yeah. But like is that even gonna be that good? Yes, I mean Chloe's out. It released at a what, a European film festival? Yeah, film, it's, it's, film festival. it's a festival, that's why it's listed as a twenty twenty, but yeah. it comes out like on demand in February. Like at least they've they're consistent with their logic and we will be too when considering yeah. considering uh, awards for, for yeah. Joe Bombs. For all the Chicago 7, other than the it's got a Joe Bomb. Multiple Joe Bombs. Multiple Joe Bombs. That's all. That ends our show. I think that's it. I want to thank uh, our host for being such a good sport. He definitely was bored at the end, but he persevered and powered <laughs> through. This man was texting me private in the chat, like, all right, he was like, Aiden, I'm really bored right now. And he it was, it was so – he's been so hyped to come on podcast. And then – It's tough to have him sit here for two hours. And, like, the, 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 we're used to it. Our show, whether we're discussing something small or discussing a very large – like, if, if we're discussing one episode of WandaVision, it'll probably – you know, you think it'd go for 20, 25 minutes. It'll go for probably about an hour. We discussed the, the, the Disney Expo for about close to three hours. Like, it, it – Oh, he, he's, yeah, I don't know why he's not just unmuting and saying it. He was saying that 
is only was boring because he was also sitting at school for all day leading up to this. That, that definitely That's fair. He's got Zoom yeah. fatigue. Nothing, nothing shows though the six hundred pocket network's growth and our stature in the movie world, like having a twelve-year-old host our award show after his school. Nothing. I nothing. think we need to have him on um, again, where he can actually talk some more and doesn't just have to sit back and listen. Yeah, I think we have him on with Farley and have a, a Disney versus Nickelodeon debate. Honestly, that's not really a bad idea. Where the three of us mediate it because it could get very out of control within a matter of seconds. We could really do that possibly for the next episode. I just say based on like the way you guys talk, just kind of do like how there's the Dave Portnoy show with Eddie. It's the Branson LaCorey show with Billy yeah. Bruno. Just I mean this I have was excited for this show for a long time though. Yeah. I've been really looking forward to this for a while. I mean, the Joe Bombs is I mean, it's like our Super Bowl, basically. So we've got another year to prepare. And hopefully we get um, a decent amount of people to listen. And hopefully we like give them some good recommendations on films to go watch. No, I, I said to Aiden before, we, before you got on, it's like definitely probably around the, the July, August, early school area. I was like miles behind. But like over the past, like I would say like three to four weeks, I've have seen basically every single movie when it comes even though i voted on some like before seeing all the choices like i still stand by my choices but i did some serious catching up and you know 2020 was for me like it wasn't exceptional like in terms of the whole year as a whole but like the top was top it was good it was yeah. solid although i don't have a not a single 2020 movie got into my top 100 all time Actually, one of one I have I um I do uh, my list on Letterboxd. You can organize yeah. your own. Uh, number sixty-seven was was uh Trial of Chicago Seven for me, and number eighty-eight was to Five Bloods. I, I like loved it. both of those. Like both of those are my top one twenty, but not a hundred. Oh, okay. So they were close. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not like blatant, but they, but they don't. I I love historical biopics, and when they're done well, they very much can hop into the top fifty. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching tonight on the docket is uh, Richard Jewell by Clint Eastwood. So that, that'll be, I, I, I've heard mixed reviews, but that'll be a historical doc by a good director. I'm expecting something from. The Trial of Chicago 7 and Soul did both get into my top 100. But overall, I do think this was a down year in films because we usually get bigger blockbusters and oh, yeah. that we can be excited for. So, like, I also sat through a lot of bad movies that I wouldn't really do in a normal year. But then there were some solid ones that I probably would not have watched in a normal year. So there was... That's what I was saying. That's, I, that's I, like I, a I, silver I, lining. And I would say that this year, as a whole, as much as I would have liked to see some of the new movies, it did kind of let me grow my interests in film. Because there wasn't anything else to do for months on end. There wasn't any sports to watch. You couldn't go anywhere. So I watched a lot of movies, um, caught up on some classics that I hadn't seen that I really should have seen beforehand. And I still have a, a little ways to go on that end. But I just really kind of grow my interest for the whole industry. And I got to attribute that to one of the few silver linings that this year has brought. I would completely agree with you in terms of, I think the key was, you mentioned it, you were able to keep track of what movies were coming out a lot easier and the good ones. So I was able to see like a lot of the big ones. Um, and then the key was, when we first started the show, like 
I loved it and enjoyed it. But there were those silly moments you look back and like when we're talking about these movies and like, oh, I haven't seen this. I know I need to. There's still a couple on my list, but I think all of us are just this really helped me kind of get into this rhythm of watching multiple movies each week and growing the catalog. And that was big. I mean, 2021 is going to be big, though. I mean, we'll talk about it maybe in the next one time. Netflix is releasing a movie a week, close to 70 movies this year. And those are going to be easy to watch. And some of them I won't tune in. Some of the kids ones, animated ones, but I'm going to make an effort to. Plus, theaters coming back and HBO Max. A lot of movies are going to be easily this, accessible. This, this is going to be the return of our forte. And it is the blockbuster yeah. uh, franchises. They're, they're making a swift return. I mean, it we'll start we'll start the ball rolling with some of the the tv productions from marvel and and dc and uh, stuff like that and then we're going to get into the bonds and all the stuff like that later later in 2021 so that that's when the return of the the massive blockbuster is 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 imminent yeah nerd culture which is kind of what we do too is what we do but you know should we wrap it up for our gracious host? Let's I feel wrap it up. I saw the sweatshirt over the face many a time. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Um, so that'll do it for the second annual uh, Joe Bomb Awards, the first of which on the 610 Podcast Network. But I will wrap it up. So for Aiden and Branson LaCorey, Billy Bruno, this has been your host, Stephen O'Malley. We will see you guys next time.